0: Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall.
1: You want a podcast? Great. We have some audio on your website that nobody goes to.
0: You're listening to Vandaltron's Curious World Podcast. Check it out, baby.
2: Hello, sweet friends, and welcome to the Vandaltron Curious World Podcast. I am conveniently your host, Vandaltron. And today is a special episode. Uh, we do a deep dive into a particular year, uh, 1987, which was a, a very unusual year. Uh, you had the Iran-Contra hearing. At the beginning, you just heard uh, Ronald Reagan kind of trying to, to dig himself out of the, the Iran-Contra with you know, his, you know, his bold statement to, to um, Mikhail Gorbachev to tear down the Berlin Wall. Um, a lot of things happen in, in, in just kind of the the at, the landscape of, of, of the world. Um, and so this is what this... Well, the, the, the special podcast is going to be broken up into two parts. This one, part one, uh, we're going to be diving into the politics and, and kind of other wacky shenanigans that kind of happen um, in the country and in the world. Um, and then we're going to kind of segue and, and the second portion uh, would be dedicated to uh, what was going on in that year in comic books a lot of great stuff Peter Parker married Mary Jane uh, the Watchmen even though it came out in 1986 was really starting to get popular in 87 and that changed the landscape of the of comics particularly the the form of the graphic novel the uh, lot of Suicide Squad which I'm you may be familiar with the the piece of shit movie. Uh, it was actually originally a comic book uh, that you may or may not know. Um, and the Will Smith's character is very different in the comic. Anyway, that debuted uh in 1987 as well. Um so depending on when you're listening, uh maybe you're listening to this, maybe you've downloaded and listened to them back to back, which is what I recommend, or you're listening to this uh when they're being released. And that's that's great too. Uh so sit back, adjust your earbuds And uh, along with me for this ride is my good friend, uh, pop culture, historian, uh, all around sweetheart of a guy, uh, Jason Simons. So uh, anyway, as I was saying, uh, adjust your earbuds or if you're in your car, uh, crank up the volume and uh, get ready for 1987 part one. Nice, ready to dive right in. Okay. All right. So, 1987. Dun, dun, dun. The world was very different then than it is now. Uh, uh, Kind of an overview. Um, You know, in February 26, it was the the Tower Commission uh, rebukes President Reagan for not controlling his National Security Council staff (laughs) um, regarding... And then later on, uh, March 4th, Reagan acknowledged that his overtures to Iran had, quote, deteriorated into arms for a hostages deal. Uh, Jonathan Pollard is sentenced to life in prison for espionage. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, just to kick things off uh, in terms of 1987, I remember that that was kind of the year, was, was that the year that the Iran-Contra hearings was, were broadcast? Oh
1: yeah, that summer. That summer was all I ran contra hearings. That whole summer you couldn't watch any TV. It was all Yeah, I
2: remember I would go outside and play and then I come back and I'm like this fucking this fucking guy still say it? was would... like all day long, every day for like basically like probably July or August. So what are what you what's your in, in hindsight now, uh, uh september two thousand and seventeen what what are you what are your thoughts on 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 the uh, iran contra affair and what what impact did it have uh on on the country
1: uh, it 's funny the the iran contra affair was a huge deal for about that from the end of eighty six all the way well into eighty seven and then it it died that that was that was basically the, the 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 end of it it just sort of it was a huge deal that dominated most of that year and then it sort of wrapped up with nothing. I mean, people in, in the Reagan administration lost their jobs over it. There were people like, uh, what is it, uh, Bud McFarlane and, 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 uh, and Ollie North. Some people got in trouble. But really, and I remember that earlier on in the crisis, in, in, the, um, in the controversy, there was uh, talk of even impeaching Reagan. That never materialized. He finished his term. And then it sort of just died down. And now it's just sort of tied to the, the, the nostalgia of that, that, that time.
2: I feel like Oliver Oliver North became like a yeah Oliver a, a, North. A, a, he became almost like a, a, a hero. I didn't know him oh, before well, then. That, he
1: he actually I I think and I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I have to go check. I do think he went to jail or spent some time in jail. But I I again I'm not I I am not a hundred percent certain on that. Um, but he he turned that into a a, a career boom. He got that job with Fox and he, yeah, where he just like
2: tells war stories. Yeah, and, stuff. and he. Yeah, he, he, he got paid well. So, what do you what, what's your take on the the whole um, uh, arms for hostages deal? Was that was that accurate?
1: Um, I mean, I think it was a blunder. I think it was handled very badly. Uh, there's a lot of things about Reagan that I that I liked, um, and there were some things I don't like that that, that were going on. And that that falls in that category. I just think it was handled. I, I I think it was handled very poorly because, you know, you're dealing with the the Iranians and you're dealing with the the Contras and and you have all these players involved. It's it's pretty easy to see that it something's going to get out and people are going to know. And you're trying to have all these top secret dealings. It 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 was pretty easy to see that that this was all going to get exposed and blow up in their faces. That's basically what happened.
2: Do, do you think it had the long-term uh, ramifications of how um, foreign policy is now? Uh, Not
1: really. I, I, I mean, they're still doing the same stuff. I mean, it, 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 you, you would think at the time, oh, wow, maybe they'll learn, hopefully they'll learn their lesson, but the, the, the secret shenanigans goes on, you know. <laughs> 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 and obviously we would soon be we would have the Gulf War and sort of re-engage in the Middle East. I mean, we were already re-engaging in the Middle East by that time, but we would re-engage in the Middle East in a much bigger way, to, to which goes on to this day, essentially. So that was that was all um, – I, I, I don't think the Iran-Contra affair seemed like, at the time, it was going to be a big event that would have long-lasting uh, uh, effects. I don't think
2: it really did. November 18th, the Senate and House charges Reagan, President Reagan with, quote, ultimately responsible – which is, uh, that's very confusing to me because I, I, I don't, I don't... He
1: basically apologized and that was, you know, he said he, he accepted responsibility in the end. So, uh, I, I think he gave a speech. I, I I remember seeing something to that effect and then that was kind of it died down. By the time, I mean there were a lot of people who thought in, in 87 that that was going to sink George H.W. Bush, I mean, Bush's chances to get the presidency and maybe not even the, the Republican nomination. And... He got the, the he got the nomination, and he was president by uh, November. Uh, I mean, he won the election in November of eighty eight. So, it it really its effects were muted.
2: I can't remember uh, what what was the public opinion of Reagan at the time. Is he was he vilified then?
1: Reagan was actually relatively popular for most of his time. I think he had a slump in the early eighties. I mean, I mean. He had a slump maybe around eighty two or eighty-three, where well, I mean he was very popular after he was shot. Um but then I he he he, lowered, he, he worked a deal, he used that popularity, he worked a deal and he lowered taxes and, 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 and made a lot of government cuts. Which which obviously you know people who were in favor of that were happy with them, and people who were not in favor of that were not happy with them.
2: Uh, well, you just hear uh you know Republican candidates. Time and again, now, you know we need to get back to Reagan Reagan basics. <laughs> but I remember—I I don't know if it was '87, but I remember growing up. He was very vilified. He, oh he yeah, was, well, it, he was a cat. People either really liked him generally, or really
1: hated him. I mean, I, I knew people who despised him. Uh, I mean, the family—I w- I was a kid at the time, but I had, there were families that the the, the 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 you'd go over to the house and eat dinner, and they'd be uh, talking all this stuff about him there were some people who thought a lot of people thought he, he might not have even wasn't going to even win a second term in in, in the 84 election but he ran and 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 I think I, I haven't looked at the poll numbers or anything like that for the 84 election but I do know he was seen as floundering I guess he'd made some comments where he came across as maybe showing his age and then he had that great moment in the debate with Mondale, Walter Mondale, where he uh, <laughs> he turned the whole age thing around and said, "I'm not going to hold my op- I'm, I'm not going to hold my uh, my opponent's age and inexperience against him." When Mondale had tried to make him seem old, and that turned it around, and and, and he won a second term, and. Um, and 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 was po- I, I, like eighty five, eighty six. He was very popular.
2: Didn't he? He murdered him, right? In the poll, he oh yeah, yeah landslide. He
1: won every state except one, I think. Wow. I mean, he killed, He crushed him. Yeah. He crushed him bad. And um, and then you eighty seven was you know the the whole Iran Contra scandal, and that's where Reagan's popularity took a slump again.
2: But uh, if you recall, in June, uh, Ronald Reagan challenges Soviet Prime Minister Mikhail Gorbachev to quote tear down the Berlin Wall. Yeah, well,
1: that was that that's that's a point that a lot of people look back back on and and say that that was that was a high point of his presidency. And the, yep. sorry, good. Oh, I was just going to say, the win over the the Soviet Union in the Cold War is
2: considered his big achievement by many. I know you. You've read, you're you're uh, you're reading a a Gorbachev. Uh, yeah, it's biography. a new uh, new Gorba, uh, new biography of, of Gorby that just
1: came out. Uh,
2: does that uh, does that get into the 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 situation with the Berlin Wall? I imagine. I I didn't point? get
1: to that part. I'm in '87, but I'm not there yet. I, I imagine it would be. But I just read the the Reich, Reich, Reich uh, in, in Iceland. Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but the Reich uh, the the that vodka well, ba- bottles the, are getting <laughs> smashed everywhere.
0: <laughs>
2: Um, well, sticking for with, with politics for, for just a, a, a few more um, notes here, um, we, something that we talked about uh, May of two, uh, 1987, your friend Gary Hart was exposed <laughs> with uh, the, the infamous photo with Donna Rice on his lap. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they, they pretty, were on, a, pretty, on a boat, pretty tame by a boat, by, called, by... A boat called Monkey Business. Wow. Well then that's it. (laughs) Did they actually have an affair or he just happened to be on his lap?
1: Um, they flirted around. I don't know if they actually went all the you know, if they fully went 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 I I don't know if it was revealed.
2: I mean obviously the press jumped all over it. Could a candidate in in two thousand and now could he survive that? Yeah. Yeah, that that seems like pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, what
1: was going on was tape, but there was a witch hunt. They were they were out to get him, and how he handled it wasn't that great. He didn't, I don't want to talk about it. He didn't. You know, even try to. I think
2: there was high. a. I remember seeing a footage of him like like leapfrogging into a limo. Well, he he he, <laughs> he tried great.
1: to. Run, he was like running running away from the yeah. press a few times. Well, they, I mean they were relentless in trying to make that a case because to tell you the truth, that election was looking to be fairly boring. I mean they really weren't. That many interesting candidates, so they were looking for any news story they could. Now Gary Hart, interestingly enough, and I'm getting out of '87 for a second. Um, he he actually did very well in the '84 Democratic primary. He uh, what state is he from? He's uh, Colorado. He was he was actually uh, came in right behind Walter Mondale in the in the '84 primary. And a lot of people thought he was going to be the man in 88. And a lot of people... Some people to this day think that if he had won the nomination, he would have gone on to win the president. He would have, been, he would have had president, president Hart. Well, those losers um, need
2: to get the internet. <laughs> get some fucking hobbies. Let it go. <laughs> Gary Hart could have won. Shut up, man.
1: <laughs> well, what's even funnier about him is... You know, he, he was he had to resign in 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 in, in May of eighty seven. He then was looking at like Duke Michael Dukakis and saying, you know what, I can beat this guy, even though he, he pulled out of the race. He actually at the end of the year jumped back in the race and, 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 and tried to get New Hampshire and Iowa and and was did performed so disastrously he pulled out again.
2: Michael Dukakis was a fairly, uh, <laughs> fairly easy target for. Uh, yes, he was. He he got demolished too, right?
1: Mm. I mean, he, he he lost, but he it, it was it was a, 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 a it was a closer loss than the than it it was a closer race than the
2: two Reagan races. Who was his uh, running mate? Do you? Who was that guy?
1: I can't remember. Was it Stockwell or something like that? It was a very older guy. Oh, yeah, big, uh, yeah.
2: Okay. I, that was him? Yeah. Uh, he, he was with my... Uh, uh, yeah, it was like Dick Stockwell or something, something like that. Something like that. I forgot his name. Yeah. They pulled him out of... Dug him out of market. yeah. He's so, probably I mean, like, can you put on some pants and like do some campaigning? <laughs> campaigning with
1: him. Well, he's the one who got uh, Dan Quayle with that singer in the uh, vice presidential uh, d- debate when he said he said I knew John J- because oh, yeah. because he's trying- so fucking old because people were pushing John, uh, d- Dan Quayle to seem like a John F Kennedy because he was a younger guy so he was like I knew da- John F Kennedy John F Kennedy was my friend you're no John F Kennedy <laughs> and then he had a heart attack. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess the only other kind of big, really big, noteworthy thing in 1987 was, ironically, in the same month that Ronald Reagan said "tear down this wall," Hustler magazine versus Jerry Farwell was argued before the U.S. Supreme Court, which is also uh, dramatized in the uh, Milos Forman movie *People vs. Larry Flynt*. Um, I, I don't remember that
0: uh, I Growing remember. up
2: But obviously I, I, I'm very well aware of that Jerry Farwell is uh, from Virginia And he is from a, He's from like central Virginia But he um, I met somebody That lived In his town And he said he was a very Gregarious figure um, Like chicken Just would always see him buy and eat chicken.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he 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 was he was a big figure in the in in that time.
2: I think he's dead. Oh oh oh, yeah! Actually, actually, one one more thing. Keeping on that note, Jerry Farwell, Um, uh, also uh, of the PTL Ministries, his friend Jim Baker resigns after admitting the affair with church secretary and Playboy. Uh, a model uh, or, or, or by celebrity status Jessica Hahn Yeah um,
1: That was the year of the religious scandals
2: Yeah uh, It's funny like it, I think maybe Jim Baker definitely paved the way to, Of the Of the Creflo dollars Of the <laughs> world <now. laughs> Oh definitely yeah
1: That was a huge deal That was a big thing in that summer Or, or I mean, I mean that, that year That year
2: Now people would just That was like Just on TV And people would just watch For hours and hours right Yeah there was a lot going on. There, there
1: were a lot of those type of things. Because you not only... You you know what it was? I, I think of it as you had these older men with these young women. There was like these scandals that you almost got them mixed up. Because you had Gary Hart with um, with Donna Rice. You had Jim Baker with... Uh, uh, with Jessica, uh, Jessica Hahn. And, I don't know if you remember, but you had Oliver North... With uh, he he supposedly had a lot of the the Iran Contra documents with and and he was using um, I think her name was Fawn Hall or something to actually sneak the documents out. Oh yeah, yeah I got all those, so Yeah, that, you're right. So I, I got
2: there a were whole confused. bunch
1: of those. There were there were a whole bunch of those. Yeah, and and they all basically turned their uh, their fame into like Playboy uh, <laughs> uh, uh, profiles and and, and pictorials.
2: Pre TMZ. <laughs>
1: that was like a big. That was a big thing that
2: year. What, what, what was your take on, on, on all the uh, TV evangelists? That was kind of like the apex of that.
1: Yeah, well, I, I didn't really pay much attention. I didn't even know who Jim Baker was till that, that issue hit. I never watched his show. The one I used to watch, which was on in that time frame and, and, and was extremely creepy, I didn't watch <laughs> it because I was into the religion. I watched it because it was like a tra- watching a train wreck go on, was Dr. Gene Scott. I don't know if you remember him.
2: Is he regional?
1: He was, he wasn't national, but he was, he was based in Connecticut, but I think he, or he had, no, I'm sorry, he was, he was actually, his show was taped in California, but he had like a Connecticut affiliate, he owned the station and he put the show on there, and he may have owned other stations too, and had the shows, it was around the country, but it wasn't necessarily, it was more like syndicated rather than, than, than like a national broadcast, but he was nuts and he was he he was I mean is he he like
2: buddy love or
1: he was weird he had a he had a a white beard looked like a like like a a grouchy sea captain and he sat in a chair he had no charisma and he would just talk and ramble on and he would get mad and yell at the audience when there, when not enough dollars were flowing in, <laughs> and, and 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 he would go on these crazy speeches. He would talk about Secret Six, which was some sort of plan he had. And he was like, he had like an island in the Caribbean that he owned. I mean, he was he was just a very. Uh, it was it was one of the most surreal experiences to watch his show. I mean, I didn't watch it regularly, but if he was on, I would turn and be. I'd just sit there. Was turn. it like public access? It was that, that, yeah, that level of production qualities, yeah. Huh. Dr. Gene Scott. Actually, I was just watching something, and they mentioned him. I think maybe it was that Netflix show, Glow, and they actually mentioned him.
2: And to round out the year, uh, in world events, December 9th, Microsoft reveals Windows 2.0. We've come a long way. I didn't realize that Windows was around in 1987.
1: Yeah, you know, I I wasn't paying much attention to computer stuff, so that's sort of... I remember.
2: Now, I'm sure you do, because remember when we first went on the internet? We went on the internet together. This this is going to... It sounds like we're, like, astronauts. (laughs) We went... I I remember I was at your house in Connecticut, and then... serve. And then we were, and your and your dad was like, you can type in anything. We typed in Playboy, and like we we're like, holy shit! Well, it takes like five.
1: It took like five minutes. Oh yeah, you like to you come had the dollar.
2: Yeah, yeah, you had to you had to, <laughs> you had to go make a sandwich noise. and then come back. Yeah, yeah. God forbid you wanted to download a photo of like <laughs> Jenna Jameson or anything. <laughs> but what? What did you guys? Have? Was that Windows? What, what? What? What version of Windows was that?
1: Well, that computer, um, yeah, I guess that was Windows. That I, I don't even remember what whatever version was out. In I didn't
2: way. realize Windows two was in eighty seven. That's that's uh, yeah. kind of amazing. I don't remember using Windows till the nineties. Yeah, um, because I remember eighty. When I think of eighty seven, I think of like you know what the printers with the with the proliferated paper with the holes yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it like <laughs> it, it like prints si- like sideways and we had one of those printers and and oh. and you had to line it up so the spikes meet the like punch the holes
1: well I had and this is going back to 85 I had my first computer which was a Radio Shack color computer too and it really was just a DOS program they really didn't do much you couldn't you could you had to sit there and type in all this stuff just to make a star on the screen. I mean, it was really kind of like a waste of... There really wasn't a lot you could do with it. So I, I lost I lost interest, and I wasn't... I mean, I was more into playing video games, like like Nintendo and stuff like that. So I didn't get back into computers until until the internet came, or until really the, the, the mid-90s.
2: Right, because they really had no point. Yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, they didn't do anything for me.
2: December 29th, 1987... Prozac makes its <laughs> USA debut. Wow, I did not know that. Uh, wow, did, is Prozac is still popular? I, I know, like there was that big boom. You, yeah, it was. Yeah, the book Prozac Nation yeah, yeah. and left and right, everybody would. oh no, well, yeah, there everybody, was everybody. My kids on Prozac. My dogs on Prozac. Yeah, I don't. A where I don't hear about Prozac I, that much. No, I don't hear about it. At Does all. that mean it's so common that people don't talk about it, or is just kind of there's new shit going on. Yeah, I
1: don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know anybody who's on it. So, I, I, you know, you don't hear about it anymore. Prozac Nation was, what, over 20 years ago now? Something like that. Or close to 20 years ago.
2: But that was that was prescription,
1: right? Uh, obviously. Yeah, no, I don't think you'd get that on the, on the... at your
2: CVS right off the counter. But I feel like there's more... more potent... more potent drugs. Well,
1: there. you hear about certain other ones. I mean, more than, than that. I guess that got attention, but like I said, I'd,
2: I don't know. I'd have to ask somebody who's a who's going undergoing counseling. <laughs> okay, we're gonna shift gears a little bit. Uh, we're gonna dive into uh, another mutual interest of our well, not not that the world was a mutual interest. It's just it's just there. Let's talk about 1987 in the world of comic books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you, uh, you've got the duct tape around your glasses and your, uh, and your Chuck Taylor All-Stars, rejoice! <laughs> and if you don't give a fuck about comic books, then this segment probably won't take too long. Um, the, big, the big story in 1987 in comic books, Peter Parker Marries Mary Jane Watson oh, an Amazing Spider-Man deal. Annual 21, written by your friend Jim Shooter. Uh, <laughs> remember, I, I remember. I avoided that like with like the plague. I bought that issue because I figured it was gonna go up in value. I was like even I mean, I knew I knew it was a landmark event, but even I was like, man, I don't give a fuck.
1: Yeah. I remember they actually had all the TV shows. They had they actually did a wedding service. They had like Stan Lee and all these celebrities, even though there's no Peter Parker, no Mary Jane to get married. They would they had like a they had like a big thing that was on like uh, all those entertainment tonight type shows—they made it. Really oh, yeah, good movie.
2: yeah. But maybe was that like the beginning of like the 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 stunt events in yeah. the comics? Yes, that was
1: really well. Okay. Well, I would say the beginning was was Crisis probably. Crisis on Infinite Earth sort of started that, and then
0: well, and, I and
1: Secret like, Wars, Secret but Wars. But I feel and, I yeah.
2: feel like those 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 serve a purpose, and and like those are stories. Where it's like, I don't know, he marries Mary Jane, it's like, ah, uh, that's... You're taking the character and the, and, and the comic in such a completely different direction. And why? So you can, so you can make an event... You get and, a bump in sales. So you can attract people that don't normally, like, give a fuck, and they're like, oh, well, let's well, check this out. I
1: used to... Before that, I used to read Spider-Man regularly, um... I thought it was a very well-written comic and, and, and it had engaging storylines. And one of the strengths to it was it wasn't always just about him fighting this villain or that villain each month. It was... it, it he, he had like a good... A good storyline with interesting characters, and I always thought that was a mistake because by marrying them, then you limit it. Because the whole thing, the whole gimmick was he'd be leaving his apartment, and there'd be a girl down the hall who he'd like, and he would try to. hide. Remember <laughs> Candy, Bambi, and Ramby, Randy? I think the name their names were. Uh-uh. Bailey. Uh, they, like, they were like these three blonde women that lived in his building that would like live up that that that, that were always sunbathing, so he had to try to sneak around them. It just added a little. Uh, it, it, it added certain little perks to the comic and by marrying him you just sort of limited it
2: yeah I mean it, it was an element that I, I didn't feel like it, it would uh, and you it, also I didn't want you I didn't had care the,
1: you had the Peter Parker Mary Jane tension where they were sort of on again off again and and then sometimes she'd even leave the book for a while she wouldn't even be there and then they would sort of see each other somewhere and kind of get back together and they're, now they're just a married couple, so it's just sort of limited You're it, it, just limiting everything.
2: I got into comic books with uh, with Fantastic Four and and and, and Spider Man, and I particularly like Spider Man because he was there was because I, I got the uh, the uh, I think it was Marvel Fanfare or Marvel Classics or whatever that reprinted like old issues and um, man, he he didn't give a fuck like, when he. When when his when he had to face his villain, like the the Green Goblin, after the, the Green Goblin killed Gwen Stacy, yeah, spoiler alert, <laughs> he didn't give a fuck. He just beat the shit out. He right, he killed him by just like beating like <laughs> punching him, and then like he threw him off the like the ledge, and then his <laughs> his bat glider or it, like just ran into his head. <laughs> I was like, wow, I guess that's the end of it. Of course, they there's, been, back, there's but, like yeah. six different incarnations yeah, of him. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of versions uh, a lot of ways where uh Spider-Man just like he just dealt with shit. And I and, and you know also like the fact that it was based in New York and Fantastic Four was based in New York, I I, I just that that really um appealed to me as a kid. And the fact that he was uh he was a, he was a, a young man who wasn't sure of a, of his place in the world and he was striving to be something else and he had all these powers and then him marrying Mary Jane, I just felt like, I just felt like it, it was not what I wanted in that character.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. That's how I felt. And that's actually the turning point where I dropped off. I wasn't reading it as regularly anymore, which actually kind of sucked because soon after that was Spider Man three hundred, which uh, with with Todd McFarlane doing the art, and that that issue went up in, in value like 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 twenty times or something like that.
2: Oh, yeah, with the sp- spaghetti uh, whips. <laughs> yeah well, in contrast, uh in October of nineteen eighty seven was Craven's last hunt. Do you remember yeah. that yeah that again another like holy shit where you know Craven just went nuts, you know uh kidnapped spider man almost like i think pretty much killed him, and then spider man came back. And I think he he actually killed Craven. I think I don't think they've actually brought him back ever yet. As far as I know, they haven't. I mean, maybe they brought back like a, a young, like a Craven teenager right. or whatever. Yeah. But I think I think I think everybody in Marvel was like, I guess that's it. That's the end. And that is an ama- That's one of my favorite Spider-Man storylines. Yeah. Um, which goes through Peter Parker and Webb and and fo- folks of listening. Um, I think you probably could get it at a. At a Single. Yeah, it's novel. available
1: as a. I, I know that's available as a. So
2: if if you are curious about Spider-Man, you, you I, I would suggest if you want to delve into any storyline and and rather than just kind of getting random issues, definitely get Craven's Last Stand. Um, it's written by J M D Matias, one of the best writers in comic books, and um, the penciler is Mike Zeck, who. You know, got fame uh, drawing Punisher, Punisher and, and Captain America and Secret Wars, and he—he's just one of my favorites too. And just uh, the guy who disappeared, he just vanished. He's probably like cranky and mean. <laughs> uh, in contrast, because I know you were more of a DC guy growing up, and and I was more of a Marvel guy. Uh, Batman uh, number four hundred four was the Batman Year One storyline yes. with Frank Miller and David Mazzucchelli, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is amazing.
1: Batman in that period was was an unbelievable title. I mean, you, you, they really were churning out. That was when Denny O'Neill had taken had taken over the books, and um, he sort of became the the controller of what was going on with the Batman stories and he really had a he had a good run it lasted like a long time like a decade or so that he was in charge but that beginning he was churn they were churning out great story after great story a lot of good stuff
2: and for folks that aren't familiar uh, your batman year 1 is well it's an animated movie so you can watch it but it really is the platform of you know everything you know the whole dark knight mythos and uh, it really uh, it, it, they borrow a lot from uh, of the movies from uh, this storyline of Batman Year One. How it's basically, you know, how he started and, and his deal. There's a lot of film official. noir elements. To yeah, it, yeah. Um, and uh, did, uh, did 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 uh, uh, Kevin Smith ever write for Batman? He did, didn't he? Didn't he? Or no, or maybe he
1: took over Daredevil.
2: That's it. But he
1: may have had an issue or two of Batman. I don't. But I'm not sure. There
2: was an issue of. I I get confused. I I think there's an issue of Daredevil when a kid pisses himself to like. He catches fire and he like pisses himself to like make the fire go away.
1: I I don't know that.
2: Yeah, I I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Sorry. Um, Although watch, it was released in 1986. The Watchmen gained momentum in 1987, which is a landmark uh, uh, comic book. You know, some consider that the the, the greatest graphic novel of all time. Um, I actually didn't really. I was. I kind of avoided it when it came out. I didn't really. I didn't read it until years later. Um, what were your thoughts on Watchmen?
1: Oh, I enjoy. I I I, I liked. Uh, uh, Watchmen, but I didn't read it until years after. I didn't read it when it was out. Um, I mean, I remember the posters for it. The who's watch? Who watches the? Yeah. Watchmen. So, what
2: are your thoughts? And, that? I mean, I thought that was cool. When yeah, I was I a kid, was I was like, wow. I but I was read, like, what the fuck is I that? I just read so many
1: comic books in those days that I was like, I, I, I There just wasn't enough time to read everything. So, so I kind of missed it. Like I said, I didn't read it. I didn't read it till I was in college, years later. But yeah, it's it's very good.
2: But that that was kind of like the start of Alan Moore and, and uh, oh, like the, yeah. the British invasion of comics and yeah and everything.
1: Well, Alan Moore also had um, um, Swamp Thing, which which at that time was at a peak. And another comic came out, premiered in '87, that really broke a lot of ground and took com- horror comics into a whole new level. Was uh, Hellblazer,
2: also by Alan Moore, right?
1: Uh, no, he, was, he he may have done a, a story or two, but he wasn't the, the main actually that was a rotating door of, 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 of writers, but always always a good series. and it ended up lasting many years like like two decades
2: after or something like that. Um, DC also had uh, uh, the suicide squad number one. Uh, Green Arrow, The Longbow Hunters, Number One, which yeah. was was amazing. Um, yeah. I remember that it came out in August of '87, and I thought that I was like, I I felt like you know, I wasn't. I was reading something more than a comic book when I, when that came out. And I remember just in terms of value, I remember that was like all that was like immediately worth. The back issues were immediately worth something. And I was like, oh fuck you guys! I just want to that really <laughs> And the artwork, I remember. Oh, can't yeah, remember at the Mike top. Grell, of my, head. Yeah. my yeah, Mike Grell. Yeah. Um, Doom Patrol, uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the reboot of Doom Patrol number one came out also in 87. Also
1: The Shadow, another great series, the DC Shadow.
2: So DC seemed like it was going toward more of a... They were more experimental
1: at that time. They were doing a lot of risky things that Marvel wasn't necessarily doing at that point.
2: <clears throat> Marvel, I remember, what was huge in 87 was the West Coast Avengers... I remember, like, they they pumped, they they promoted the shit out of that. Yeah. Now, I can't, no, I I purposely kind of left, I I didn't really, like, research this because I I know Avengers was one of your favorite titles. I I seem to recall that was kind of a dark, like, kind of like a, was that a lull in the Avengers where, like, Jarvis was, like, fighting androids (laughs) and stuff? Yeah, it's funny
1: because the West Coast Avengers was written by Steve Englehart, who was a major Avengers writer from years earlier. And West Coast Avengers had a lot going on and and seemed to be, you know, I I enjoy those issues. They stand out. Um, Avengers at that time was kind of in a slump, the main title. Although in 87, you had the Avengers and well, late, late 86 going into 87 was when the Avengers fought the fourth Masters of Evil, which... Was my favorite of all the Masters of Evil type stories, where they all because the Masters of Evil actually did some damage and and, and basically almost killed Hercules, which I, I don't even think they really even used him much after that. Like he, they really did That was a, a just a well done storyline.
2: Who were who was in the Masters of Evil?
1: Oh, it was um, it was a whole bunch of. Wasn't the
2: what's like, the guy with the like the satellite dish for a hand? Was it Claw or Cain? Or was he, yeah, was he on one of
1: them? Yeah, Claw, uh, Claw the Conqueror or something like that. Um, it's been a while since I've read those issues. I mean, you're going back many years since I last checked that out. But they had quite a. I mean, they. Oh, they had that Baron von Steuben, I think, who was a Captain America villain. Did DC use Nazis as much as Marvel? Well, they did back in the, uh, in the 40s. I feel like
2: whenever they're like, well, like whenever there's like a
1: a law, they're like,
2: (laughs) "Just bring out the Nazis!"
1: Yeah, Baron von Steuben and the Red Skull, two two major Nazi figures in Marvel.
2: I remember also, uh, Longshot was a huge figure. They pushed the the shit out of him in X Men, uh, which was drawn at the time by Arthur Adams. Mm Uh, G.I. Joe Action Force debuted, and that was basically like the. Uh, well, G.I.
1: Joe was really at its peak then because you had G.I. Joe, you had G.I. Joe Special Missions. Which, Keep talking. G.I. Joe Special Missions, which premiered '86, but was going on, and then you had the Action Force, and I mean they were they they had a whole series of G.I. Joe books at that point. That was that was like a probably a sales peak era.
2: Was that did did, did Transformers uh, what Transformers G.I. Joe crossover happened yet? I think it happened right around then, yeah. Did did you I, I know you I know there was a period where you, you started getting into GI Joe, but that was like that was yeah, like pretty pretty I, recently. I, but at the time, did you did you read any of the books? Um In
1: 87. No, uh, I think I bought issue 50 well, I came out in like 86 because it was a special double issue, but no, I wasn't regularly reading G i Joe at that point. I remember buying a couple copies of G i Joe's special missions number no. one, thinking that was going to go up in value, which
2: <laughs> it didn't <laughs> also in 1987, the Silver Surfer number no. one
1: yes, that was a big one. that was a big one around that period.
2: was the Silver Surfer number no. one. another Steve Englehart. Uh, Steve Englehart is a name that you think he should have been a member of. Yes,
1: <laughs> he was the guy all over the books. He was a Doctor Strange. He was. He was. He did a
2: lot. Also, that's. I remember that summer they pushed uh, M- Mephisto in Marvel. Yeah. Like he, he fought like all. I, I felt like he was just kind of like a a secondary character. He didn't really do much, <laughs> and I think the the. Uh, the way it ends, Spider-Man just beats the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> um and of course, uh your beloved new universe was uh was in full bloom. The new universe for for yeah, for those to die. And, and if you don't know, you you have every right not to know, but the new, <laughs> the new universe was Marvel's attempt at branching out for some A line of stories that were new and innovative, new characters, like a literal new universe. It went from 1986 to 1989. Titles included DP-7, Merc, Starbrand, Night Mask, Spitfire, and the Troubleshooters. And yeah, they they sound like uh, opening acts for, uh, (laughs) um, you know, Wingers... uh, uh, current project. I bought all the number ones when they came out. That was a big deal. 1987 is landmark because it was the... Uh, that's when Kickers said they, they called it quits.
1: Well, what happened was... It, it, the, the new universe premiered in 86, in the summer of 86. That was like the big July oh. July event of 86 because to, fit, to go in with the 25th anniversary of Marvel. So, um, they had eight titles, as you mentioned. And basically, in '87, they suddenly decide, Marvel decided to trim it down. To they basically canceled half of the titles.
2: So they didn't they have an event like a like a world event?
1: Well, they did that. Then 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 they they did that a little bit more down down the road. But they canceled four titles. I remember Merck, he gets killed in the final issue.
2: How? Oh, um, like a parasite.
1: Actually, that was a very good final issue. He get, he got shot, and and he's lying in the hospital. And his ex-wife and, and a bunch of his friends are all sitting around him as he's dying and basically telling stories about him and going back and sort of looking at his life. <clears throat> in did,
2: did Marvel recruit any of their top talent? Or was it kind of like, Initially a, they like did. a farm league? It,
1: well, that, that was the big failing of the, the, the new universe. Initially, they did. And then... Um, um, Basically, they, which if you ever read, there's, there's that book, the, the, the History of Marvel. Um, what happened was they cut the budget. They kept cutting the budget to, to the new universe. And then they had to get second tier guys, and, and, and they just lost lost interest. And the whole thing sort of fell apart. But DP7 was um, Mark Renwald, who, who I like, he was one of my favorite of all the Marvel writers. He, stuck, he, 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 he stayed with that title, he, he sort of stuck that out. Which is why DP7 sort of held together longer than the other
2: titles. (laughs) But then they ended it with like a
1: big bomb, right? They had what they called the... uh, Actually, that was late 87 was the pit, which was a big one-shot issue where a nuclear or atomic bomb hits, hits Pittsburgh. And then they followed that with the draft and the war... Which was basically, and and, and and basically, there was a big draft. They thought the Soviet Union did it, or 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 was it? No, it was Libya. I think it was something crazy. It was something really weird like that, because Libya obviously at that time was sort of a, a, a big villain in in, in, yeah. in a big a big villain to the U.S. in in how they were perceived, and um, basically World War Three breaks out because of that. So a lot of the characters actually get drafted into the army, and it's about how they get drafted and and, and all that stuff. So they really made In a, the U.S. A military yeah, yeah, or yeah, their own yeah, no, army? No the, no, the U.S. military. And so it becomes a whole, a whole big. It became a whole big thing. It was to try to get like a last gasp of of of, of attention to uh,
2: um, the new universe. I also remember that summer of uh, 87, uh, they pushed the shit out of The Punisher. Yeah. I remember the... Oh, he... He he had had, like three titles, didn't he? No, in 87 was the
1: premiere. Actually, besides Silver Surfer, I remember because it was the same month. Silver Surfer premiered and The Punisher premiered with his own book. So right, like, he had the limited that was
2: series his, that was his, which was like right, that was, was 85. Like, that was like everybody was like oh my you know yeah. oh my god I got to get those back issues. Well, his regular series was was a
1: huge, you know, that was like a big deal because that was his first actual regular unlimited series. And then it wasn't till '88 they came out with then they had the Punisher War Journal and then, like in eighty nine or ninety, they had the War Zone. So then, by that time, you had three books.
2: It should be noted that in nineteen ninety one, uh, he became a black man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they've they've done so many weird things with his character over the years. Yeah, I mean, I think at one point he, they killed him and made him a ghost. Yeah, and they, now now he's the War Machine.
1: Well, what was funny was when that series first started, the eighty seven series. It was actually really good. It was like it was like it was like the the way it should. It, Played like a good TV show, and then as time went on, they got ridiculous in what they did with him. Of course, they ruined the character, you know. One, one of the benefits to the Punisher, one of the whole strengths to the Punisher, was that earlier on, you didn't see him that much. So when he would make an appearance, it was a big deal. You could put him in a, a failing comic book and have him make a one-shot appearance, and it was a nice way to bump sales up. But he got too exposed, Then they used him too much, and when you use a character too much like they did with
2: him... It doesn't work. And then, remember they gave him a headband? Why why does he need a headband? (laughs) And, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, on April 15, 1987, your hero, Jim Shooter, is fired from Marvel, replaced by Tom DeFalco. That's
1: sort of the beginning of... I would say, if there's a a jump-the-shark moment for Marvel... It was probably, I mean, and it was slow. It wasn't obvious when the change first happened, but as time went on, um, that's sort of the beginning of the downfall of Marvel in the long run. Because then did you sh- got into the one, sh- you got into these these big events uh, that, that that tried to top each other, and you'd have the multiple
2: covers. So how does he compare? How did the two? Comp- how does Jim Shooter compare to Tom DeFalco?
1: Um. Well, a lot of people don't like Jim Shooter. A lot of people who worked with him didn't like him. They said he was too brusque. I, apparently, Tom DeFalco was easier to work with. I, I, I don't know any of that. But um, uh, Jim Shooter had a website, and I remember looking at that website. He said that a lot of it was sour grapes. He did try to work with people. I just think during the time he was running Marvel, they were sort of in a high point. They were, they were actually doing, uh, they were doing pretty well. Um, And obviously, their sales probably went up even more under Tom DeFalco. Tom DeFalco had a good run, certainly earlier in his time, but you sort of had that, the beginning of Marvel getting ridiculous that would eventually lead to the Spider-Man Clone Wars and would eventually lead to sticking these number ones. Like, like remember, in 91, they had that X-Men number one that had like... Four yeah, regular I think that's still had,
2: the highest grossing comic yeah, of the time. It
1: had like four regular covers and then it had like one special cover that was it was like a three ninety right. five. That's that Tom Falco. That was all under his era. Right. That he he's he I mean, whether he did that himself or whether the higher ups above him in the in the whole um, the owners of Marvel uh, had 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 something to do with that, it still the end effect was you start seeing all this craziness going on. And it, it and you would just get too many comic books. They expanded too much to the point where it was just, it was too, like 91, 92, they had too many series.
2: Yeah, that's when they were just getting greedy, right? Yeah,
1: and then everything was a new number one just to create a number one. So you'd bump sales for uh, for, for, for for a month and then, then it would go back to its, wherever it was in sales. I
2: remember the Irish comic book of uh in eighty seven was like what sixty there was like sixty-five cents, and then like the higher price one was seventy five well, cents.
1: no by eighty seven comic books were seventy five cents. And then um late in eighty seven Marvel did a switch where Marvel had some titles at seventy five cents and some titles at a dollar. That was their compromise. So certain titles were 75 cents, certain titles were a dollar. And that was a big deal because you went from 75 cents to a dollar. It was like, oh man, what the hell's going on with this? Right. And then they quickly went to it. That That was really the beginning of when things went started going crazy. Oh, another... Um, in 87, there was another storyline that I'd like to bring up, which I think was one of the best of all comic book storylines that year, or, or one of my favorites ever, was... That was when Iron Man took a lot of interesting turns because um, Iron Man at that time that was uh, like that was one of the best comic books out there at that point. They really did a good job. They, the writing was great. The artwork was was very good. They came up with the Armor Wars. Remember the Armor uh-huh. Wars? That was that was 87 going into 88 where he he had to find who stole his the, the prototype. That's when
2: things. he was still an alcoholic and he had the perm.
1: Well, he was done... No, he wasn't an alcoholic at that point, but he had the perm, yeah. He had the... Uh, he had the, the perm and the mustache. The,
2: the Lou, Lou Grand perm. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but that, 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 those issues were amazing. I mean, those, those hold up to this day. I have the, the graphic novel that collects them now.
2: Yeah, I think they, they used that premise in... Uh, was it Iron Man 2?
1: They might have hinted at The one with
2: Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is played...
1: I always thought that that storyline would have made a great movie. And they never really fulfilled it. They did those three movies, but I don't think they ever really fulfilled that promise of, of, of the actual Armor Wars. And interestingly enough, Iron Man, the comic book, although it stayed pretty good for a long time, it never was quite up to those peaks. Like, it had balanced... It had, it had found that right balance between the actual comic book elements, the elements with Iron Man fighting these villainous characters, but it also had created a right balance where it had a good supporting cast, and his interactions with the supporting
2: cast worked very well. What Was, was Len Wine doing anything in 87? He, he, was, uh, he was at DC. He was doing Blue Beetle. Oh. Who passed away recently. Um,
1: yeah, Len Wine was a really good comic writer. And I, I liked his Blue Beetle. I thought that was that was one comic I actually collected all
2: twenty four issues. Uh, definitely, we're we're at a different place in comic books today than we were <laughs> yeah. in nineteen eighty seven. Oh,
1: another big! I can't believe we didn't even bring this up. That was the year eighty seven. Was the year and going back to DC, they canceled the Justice League of America after twenty seven years that had been started in nineteen sixty. So it was canceled in nineteen eighty seven, as a crossover to that whole Legends Limited series, and uh, a number of months later they recreated it with a new number one with a whole different Justice League, and they
2: and what they was re- the lineup?
1: up uh, it was like Batman, actually Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. It was a whole um, uh, Black Canary. Um, I, Green Arrow involved in it was, it was, it, 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 but the whole focus was that it was a bit more humorous than the other title, like it was, it was played up more for comedy a little more than what the other title had been, and actually was a huge seller. It was probably DC's best seller, and for years it stayed until they watered that down and created too many Justice League comic books. But that was a big seller
2: for them that whole angle. As I said, you know, comic books have definitely come a long way. Uh, back that was still in the time where back issues mattered, and, and people were, were still uh, um, going to comic book stores for comic books and, and not memorabilia and toys. Um, definitely a different era.
1: Absolutely.
2: So uh, we're going to. 1987 is so huge. We haven't gotten into so many other things. We're actually this, this podcast is going to be broken up in. And you've just listened to part one. Uh, Jason and I will be do, doing part two, um, but you know I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. Maybe you're listening it back to back, and if that's the case, go rock on. And uh, part two, we're going to be tackling uh, TV, a uh, lot of sitcoms in 1987, uh, the box office movies, and of course music. So uh, we'll be coming right back at you again. I don't know when you're listening to this. Hopefully, maybe you're listening it back to back. Maybe you're uh, listening it. Uh, On a cruise ship with Gary Hart, who knows? Uh, But uh, stay tuned for part two.